0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show Podcast, Hour 3. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on this program. Glad to have you with me today. And I got to talk about something that is bothering me, bothering me pretty specifically, actually. Um... I am concerned with people on the right, having their own bout of madness. We oftentimes talk about the uh, social contagion that is happening on the left as they advance uh, the the ideas and philosophies behind transgenderism. Uh, The left believes that it is an abomination for a parent to take their child to some uh, psychiatrist or, or Christian organization to essentially try to deprogram their child of being gay, but also believes that it is an abomination to prevent a parent from taking a child to a doctor to have that child surgically altered to conform to their gender identity, that we should prohibit the one and we should encourage the other. It's a deep contradiction. I'm also concerned with this trend I'm seeing on the right to blanketly embrace people who the left hates, who the left is condemned. Uh, there's the Kanye West situation where he has uttered some pretty insane things. It's very clear the man is struggling with his mental health. He's been open about it, that he's struggling with his mental health. And and he said some bizarre things in, in outtakes we now have seen from a Tucker Carlson interview, deeply suspicious of Jews peddling anti-Semitism. There's this rise of white nationals on the right. I'm actually being attacked by white nationalists for suggesting they should not condemn parents who forgave the murderer of their children, of their child. The parents, being Christians, said they forgive the murderer, and they are being attacked by white nationalists as being soft. They're Christians. The Old Testament says an eye for an eye, and the New Testament, Jesus says forgive. And there is this madness happening on the right in the same way it's happening on the left Uh, in different ways. There is this embrace of uh, terrible causes and terrible people and people with mental health problems. And it's kind of if if the left hates it, it must be good as opposed to thinking for yourself. And this gets me to Alex Jones, where there is uh, this apology core on the right saying Alex Jones has been silenced, he offended the regime, and Alex Jones is an Obama, or is, is is some uh, saint who it ran afoul of... Um, Joshua Burns, uh, sorry, pushed the wrong button there, and that we should defend Alex Jones and his right to free speech. There is nothing to defend in Alex Jones. And I want you to understand that if you are on the side of Alex Jones and what he did to the families of those at Sandy Hook, uh, you actually are on an evil side. You are on a side that twists truth. There's not a lot different from the devil approaching Eve in the garden and saying, did God really say? What did Alex Jones do? Yes, it's true. Alex Jones said he thought Sandy Hook happened. It's true. He said that. But he also said it was a hoax. He also said it was a fraud. He also said these were crisis actors. He also suggested that the children were staged. He also suggested it was uh, people who opposed the Second Amendment who did it. Now a jury has found Alex Jones guilty of defamation, and they've awarded the families almost a billion dollars for what he did. Nicole Hockley is one of the mothers who lost her son, Dylan, in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting. Dylan was six years old when that guy who had killed his mother stolen her guns and went to the school, gunned Dylan down with his classmates in the elementary school. Because of what Alex Jones did, Because of what he said, Nicole Hockley began getting pictures of dead children in her mail and email. The people who sent her these pictures of dead children said because she was a crisis actor, she didn't really know what dead kids looked like and she needed to see it. And why was she claiming that her kid had died at Sandy Hook? These people were provoked by Alex Jones and the people he allowed on his platform to spread conspiracy theories about Sandy Hook. Mark Burden's son, Daniel, was also murdered at Sandy Hook. People tried to dig up his son's body to show the coffin was actually empty. They wanted to dig up the coffin of his son. People showed up at the grave and desecrated it, urinated on it. They attacked Mark Burden. They called him a liar. These kids were murdered. They were murdered. And Alex Jones spread mythology and lies. He sewed into the consciousness of crazy people, things that were not true. All of them was just asking questions, just asking questions. And I can't fathom why anyone on the right would defend Alex Jones for what he did. It's not a matter of free speech It's the consequence of when you take our right to free speech and twist it for evil that he is having to be subjected to. The government is not silencing Alex Jones. The government is not censoring Alex Jones. The families of dead kids he lied about went to court and sued him and they won. And if you on the right cannot distinguish this, you need help. You undermine your own side, your own credibility. You undermine the right, you undermine truth when you defend a man who lied about murdered children. You undermine your credibility. I can't fathom why these people on the right are in defense of Alex Jones. While I'm sitting here talking about Alex Jones, I'm being dragged online right now as I'm talking by a group of white nationalists, bitter racists and others who can't understand why I would say it's the epitome of Christendom to forgive people who murdered someone. Very near where I live in Gwinnett County, Georgia, a family son was murdered by two teens in a parking lot of a Dave and Buster's Entertainment Center. He was there with his girlfriend. And he was murdered. And the mother and the father, they said they forgive the killers. They forgive them. And The parents were attacked by these white nationalists. The two murderers are black and the parents are being attacked for not being righteously angry with a burning hatred for the murderers. And I online replied to someone, and it was just, he was a guy, he had been a candidate for office, who I followed. Didn't know anything about the guy, really. He followed me. I followed him. Who's was running for the Senate. I said, it's kind of the Christianity, the epitome of Christianity is forgiveness. This guy said, well, we have a different understanding of Christianity. I don't know how you can understand Christianity differently from that. It's like the left saying that Christianity is some sort of social gospel for the here and now. They all say, well, what about an eye for an eye? You know, let let me just, let let me tell you what someone else said about an eye for an eye. You have heard it was said eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn to them the other cheek also, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his sun to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? And not even the tax collector doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Those are the words of Jesus Christ himself. You are to love your neighbor. You are to love your enemy. You are to forgive. You are to persecute those who persecute you. And here come these white nationalists, and no different from the progressives They're twisting scripture. This is the post-Christian right we're dealing with, by the way, these people don't actually believe in the God of the Bible. They use the words of the Bible and twist them to their own, own causes, just like the progressive left does. And these are the people defending Alex Jones, a man who can go on his program, make millions and millions of dollars, and just ask questions and suggest to people that you know, um, maybe just maybe those were crisis actors. Maybe just maybe those kids weren't killed. Maybe just maybe it, w- it was people who hate the second amendment and that's what happened, that's the ticket. This was staged. Maybe the kids did die and it was people who hate the second amendment who murdered them. Maybe so, maybe, maybe Sandy Hook is real, may- maybe all these things. It's all lies. It's all twisting the truth. And I personally think we have an obligation to the truth, not my truth, not your truth, the truth. And we may not always get it right but we should try our best to get there. And when you start twisting the words of Scripture to try to meet your side instead of you twisting and conforming yourself and straightening yourself out in the twisting process to conform to Scripture, well, you end in a very dark place when you twist Scripture for yourself. You end in the same place the left ends. You end in the same place Alex Jones ends. One day, he, you, me, all of us will be stand, stand before our Almighty God and be asked to account. I sure hope some of these people repent, but I'm just talking to people on the right right now. I want you to understand that when you claim that Alex Jones is being censored, that he offended the regime, that he needs to be protected, you're not much different from the people on the left who concoct lame excuses to defend the bad actors on their side. There are some people who don't need to be defended, they need to be shunned, and maybe, maybe they will change their ways and come back to sanity. You don't need to prop up and defend a Kanye West because the left hates him. The man clearly needs mental help, and all you're doing is trying to tell him, no, you don't, you don't need mental help, you're doing fine, when clearly the man does. If you define yourself in opposition to the other side, what you are doing is you are allowing the other side to control you and you don't even realize it. And that's what so many people in the post-Christian right do. They define themselves by what the other side stands for. So if the other side stands for X, they don't stand for Y, they stand for negative X. And essentially what they're doing is they're allowing the other side to control them and they don't even realize it. That's one of the purposes of forgiveness. That's one of the reasons Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them. He's being murdered. He's being killed on a cross. It says, Father, forgive them. If you can't forgive the people who murdered your son, you're saying you are more afflicted than Christ on the cross. If you can't forgive, you are allowing the other people to control you. Forgiveness, even without apology, is a powerful act. It ceases the other person's ability to control you. So you should forgive, you should not twist scripture. And you should not empower, defend and excuse people who for profit lie about murdered children to the extent he provoked people to go try to dig up the graves of the dead to prove it was fake. The government is not punishing Alex Jones. The families are getting damages for the lies he told about them and their kids. And I hope you're smart enough to understand the difference. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do tank. Americans for Prosperity is a -a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you. Check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Well, we got some breaking news we need to deal with here. Those of you on the phones, be patient. There is breaking news here that I need to actually deal with. Uh, it is being reported uh, by several outlets. There are unconfirmed rumors, and I should note they are unconfirmed. But a number of people in the media are treating this as serious that the January 6th committee intends to subpoena Donald Trump today. They intend to subpoena Donald Trump. A report out that remains unconfirmed says the committee investigating last year's capital attack intends to vote to subpoena Donald Trump. NBC News is reporting that this will happen today uh, at the hearing And uh, NBC News is the primary source for this. If the January 6th committee decides that on October 13th, 2022, they intend to subpoena Donald Trump, I think anyone who denies it is a politically motivated committee can just go away. What's happening here is the January 6th committee run and presided over by Democrats and Trump haters wants to make donald trump the center of attention for november they want to give the media a narrative to run in the last month and they want to overshadow the inflation news that came out this morning they have probably sat in their room for the last day or so and thought what can we do what can we do to overshadow the inflation news that's coming what can we do hey i know let's subpoena donald trump why wait until now Because they hired an ABC News executive to help them produce and stage manage the hearing. And this is their cliffhanger because it may be the very last committee meeting they have. It certainly will be before the election. This is all a stage-managed and orchestrated political hit job, not on Donald Trump, but on the Republicans. They want Donald Trump to be at the forefront of media attention. They want the media to be able to talk about Donald Trump, not inflation. They're doing this to try to sway the election. They all believe that Donald Trump and the Republicans are authoritarian. They don't want them in power. They don't want the GOP to be in charge of the House. They can't stop it. But maybe they can mitigate the Senate. Maybe they can help the Democrats in the Senate. This is what this is all about. They are also trying to provoke a response from Donald Trump that will overshadow the Republican message on crime in the economy. That's what they're doing here. If this committee goes through with this today, it is a political stunt. It should not be seen as any effort to gain the truth, to get to the truth, to understand the truth, or to understand anything about January 6th. They could have done it before now. They could have waited until after the election that they decided at their final televised hearing to do this. To do it less than a month before the election. On the same day, it turns out inflation is far worse than expected, and the Feds cuts have or the Fed's interest rate hikes haven't done anything. It's all a staging opportunity for the Democrats' closing argument for the midterms. It's not about the truth. It's not about what happened on January 6th. It's about saving Democratic hides at the ballot box in November. And nobody should see it as anything else. And a lot of people who claim that it is about something high-minded really know it's just raw partisan politics so winter is coming and i gotta tell you i love the weight of the bull and branch sheets i like them in the summer when it's hot and you don't want a lot of covers on you but in the winter time they're just the perfect weight the perfect i don't know smoothness they're 100 organic cotton threads they've got super softness they get softer every time you wash them they're just the drape when you're laying down and stuff they're not they're just perfect sheets i love them uh, I am effusive with my praise for Bull and Branch, and I'm delighted to have them as an advertiser. Look, they're made from the highest quality threads. they got superior softness, they got over twenty five thousand rave customer reviews and counting. I'm one of them The quality you can tell is great; they hold up well after all the washes I've put them through. And they just get softer. It doesn't matter what the thread count is. The fiber sucks. And you can tell they put a lot of great detail into the fibers they use. And look, Bola Branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping, returns on all orders. You're going to feel the difference. You're not going to want to send them back. The first 100% organic fair trade certified betting company ever they use 90% less water than conventional production. Zero press pesticides, other chemical, chem, toxic chemicals. They don't use them. It's just fantastic. Listen, I'm effusive with my praise. I love Bowling Branch. Try them for yourself. And again, you get a 30-night risk-free trial, free shipping, returns on all orders. Try the sheets that will make you fall for the coziest night's sleep in the season where you want cozy sheets. 15% off your first set of sheets. Free shipping when you use promo code Eric, E-R-I-C-K at BowlinBranch.com. That's Bowling Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com. The promo code is Eric. Trust me, they're worth it. We've got five bedrooms, five beds, Bowlin Branch sheets on every bed. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Jim Acosta now running with it as well that the uh, January 6th committee will subpoena Donald Trump today. This is their series finale. It is they're leaving it on a cliffhanger. This is all done for spectacle, not for the sincerity of the act. Uh, And anyone who challenges them, of course, is pro authoritarian and the like. Uh, it's not really going to matter with what's coming at the polls, particularly given the inflation news today. Now, uh, back to the phones we go. The phone number here, eight seven seven nine seven That seven three seven four two five. Bill, you're going to be up next. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks, Eric. Wild Bill from Covington. Hope to see you up at the, uh, the gun range up in Marietta. I oh, heck yeah. I was there for the Fleming one, but. Neither here nor there. I was calling actually because this this Fetterman thing really isn't doesn't seem that confusing to me. I mean you could go back to Wilson if you want. Something question Reagan. You can look at Biden right now. As long as they have the mental acuity to follow the, the line they're in. So I I'm not sure what, what, what the big controversy is. No I, I think you know, we're done with, uh, you know, in our society and our, you know, we're done with with the idea that we're taking advantage of a disabled person and all that stuff. So as long as he could press that lever, he's good to go. Uh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Then I heard you talking about Alex Jones, and I'll shut up in 15 seconds. I don't listen to that guy. I don't follow that guy. he I fi- I, pride myself on a pretty well-read Conservative person and uh, never listened to him, never gave a crap what he said about, uh, you know, Sandy Hook and all that. But I did hear when a billion dollar um, judgment comes down for somebody that I assumed was using his free speech. Now, again, this just happened today. i never followed him. I'm going to have to read up on it based on what what you said but I, as a person that just thinks a billion dollars for what you say in this country it's outrageous i'll shut well, up Thank now it, it,
0: let, let's let's put this in perspective though uh it was 12 families that sued him uh and so the families get uh they get compensation they get damages and then they get punitive damages as well Uh, for what he said about him. So it wasn't just one family. uh, It was 12 families uh, and added up together. The amount will be a billion dollars. I will tell you, uh, my guess is that a uh, appellate court drastically reduces that. I don't think Alex Jones will wind up paying a billion dollars. A part of this, though, is his behavior as well. Uh, He didn't really contest a lot of stuff. Uh, refused to participate in a lot of it, filed for bankruptcy, and then started paying himself out of bankruptcy, and a bankruptcy judge had to get involved as well. Uh, He's tried to avoid having to deal with anything, and and that that had something to do with it. Uh, But it's important, again, to remember, this is not about what Alex Jones said. I can say whatever I want to say on radio. But if I say something about private citizens, not politicians and celebrities there is a standard, there is a higher bar for a celebrity and a politician to sue, in part because celebrities and politicians tend to have PR teams and a lot of money, and they can sue anyone for saying anything about them. So the bar for suit, if you're a celebrity, if you're a politician, is malice. What you say you must know out of the gate is not true, and you must mean it to cause harm to them. It's a high bar. But when you're talking about a private citizen, when you're talking about uh, Joe Schmo, Joe Schmo is nobody. Joe Schmo is not in the limelight. And Joe Schmo is the victim of a crime. And you use your platform to lie about Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo does not have to prove malice. He just has to prove what you said wasn't true. What Alex Jones did was malicious though. He sowed doubt in the minds of a bunch of crazy people and he did it repeatedly with stuff that wasn't true. He didn't care about the truth. He claimed to be hiding behind his first amendment right to just ask questions and it wasn't questions. There was a level of maliciousness there, I think. And I just want all of you I want every one of you listening right now to just ask yourself a question. Ask yourself this question. See how you honestly come down on this. When you, when, when, if someone, if someone were to talk about you repeatedly and say what you claimed, this tragedy that happened in your life, that it wasn't true, it wasn't real, you were a crisis actor. You did not lose your child. The child was a crisis actor. The child was a mannequin, whatever. And it got to the point that the people that person on the radio was talking to decided to show up at your child's grave and dig up your child's body and pee on the grave and vandalize the grave and start sending you pictures of dead children saying, you're a liar. This is what a dead kid looks like. Don't you think if that happened to you, you would want to sue the person too? And wouldn't you want a jury to side with you? Because that's actually what happened. That's the actual facts here. It's not that Alex Jones spoke. It's that Alex Jones spoke and willfully twisted the truth so much so to such, such an extent and so repeatedly that he provoked people to try to dig up the body of a dead kid. He provoked people to start sending pictures of dead children to a mother who lost her six-year-old. That's what actually happened. That's why the family sued. It's one thing if Alex Jones came on radio and said, you know, I I, I, I don't know that this is real. Maybe it was Second Amendment advocates or maybe it was a false flag. It'd be one thing if he done that, but he do it repeatedly again and again and again and again and let others come on and amplify him. And then he amplified those people. Oh, I'm just asking questions. We've lost something in this country with people's ability to discern fact patterns and distinguish things. So a lot of people say, well, that's censorship. It's not censorship, it's being held accountable. Censorship is when the government silences you. The government's not silencing him. These are moms and dads suffering, whose suffering he prolonged and made worse, who sought damages for what he did and they won. I think an appellate court will reduce the overall damages But he wasn't, he didn't, a jury did not make him pay a billion dollars to one family. They made him pay tens of millions of dollars to 12 families, plus punitive damages to them. That's what they got. Um, So there were 12 families, I think, involved, and there's more to come. And while the award strikes me as excessive, even for what he did, do you keep in mind that there are about a dozen people involved here, not just one family? All right, eight seven seven nine seven three seven four two five. Mike, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, nothing, nothing. not
1: even any express
0: or anything.
1: Yeah, I think. Okay. Mike, okay. you you there? Let's start
0: <laughs> All right, I'm going to come back to Mike. Somebody let Mike know that um, he is he's well. Mike, can you be? Can Mike, you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. All right. We heard you talking there for a minute, but now, now you're here. What's going on?
2: Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I work with task force uh, for law enforcement. I've been in it for four decades, and I've seen a lot of things going on in Atlanta, but nobody's really addressing the issues of where this crime is originating from and what we can do to stop it. And I've talked with sheriffs and chiefs of police. In fact, I, we meet with them twice a month. Only uh, we invite the public, you know, which is 50,000 large, but we only get about six people showing up, and we, you know, we want to get in, get into schools, you know, where these kids are 14 or 15, and getting the ideas of committing crimes. But the schools aren't participating, so we ended up getting a police department that goes over the schools for the county. And I'm just wondering what you think that uh, Herschel, uh, you know, should be thinking about as far as, you know, eliminating, dropping down the crime to where, you know, not out of control like it is.
0: You know, uh, so uh, Herschel on on his website, at least, and and what he said in in his conversation with me and and on the campaign trail is he thinks that uh, we got to Washington has a role to play in not only funding the police, but also securing the border, which spreads the fentanyl, which emboldens the drug dealers, which emboldens the gangs and also um, expanding federal RICO and gang task force programs to help. The state and local governments. Uh, Crime is a local issue. The Constitution of the United States does not give the federal government a police power. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is an investigatory agency for the federal government. It's not really a police force, although it largely is seen as that and operates as that superficially. Uh, Police are at the state level, but they can be funded by the federal government. The federal government can help get them tools. And so Walker wants to uh, facilitate getting better tools better training, and more money to local police to help fight crime and then work in tandem at the state level with governors and legislatures to pass new laws. Warnock, on the other hand, wants to let people get out of jail without having to pay bail. Diane, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hi, Diane.
1: Hello. Hi. Hello. Yes, I had a quick question about Donald Trump and the subpoena. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, if they subpoena him, but the Democrats lose in November. This committee's gone, right? I mean, who's he right. gonna appear in front of?
0: Oh, exactly. Um, that That's just it. Uh, th- this is a, I mean, this is a spectacle designed to affect the election. It's not a procedure to seek the truth. If they really wanted to seek the truth from Donald Trump, they would have subpoenaed him months ago instead of waiting until the grand finale, uh, the series finale of the committee. This is all about affecting the election. It has nothing to do with getting truth from Donald Trump. And I hope people realize, even people who defend the work of the January 6th committee, you got to understand. They could have subpoenaed him months ago. They chose not to. They waited until the last public hearing, less than a month before the election, on the day that we get the inflation numbers. That is not a coincidence. Joe, you're going to be the last caller today. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks for being patient.
2: Thank you, Eric. Uh, I have a comment about uh, something Herschel said from Warnock that he forgot the people of Georgia. I spent... I sent. Uh, three emails, the same emails to Warnock and Ossoff. Never heard back word boo from Warnock. I did hear back from Ossoff's office. But then my second comment is I'm 72 years old and I made a campaign donation for the first time in my life this year and since then, I have been inundated with at least 50 emails per mm-hmm. day from candidates all over the country. All that does is turn me off and I will never contribute again.
0: Look, I agree with you. I, I've, I've got friends of mine running for Congress and I have flat out stopped supporting them. I, I don't wanna have anything to do with uh, giving money to candidates anymore because I get so much spam. I get text messages and emails every day from dozens of candidates. And I'm so tired of it. I've just told uh, even even friends of mine who are in Congress, I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't give you money anymore because I know what's going to happen. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to move email address. My team wants me to get a new cell phone number. It's just, it's, it's overwhelming me. Uh, it's overwhelming everybody. Um, and I the Republicans who scream and say Google is suppressing their emails and stuff, good. I'm glad Google's suppressing it. You burned your bridge with me. I don't want your I don't want your spam, I don't want your fundraising emails, I, I don't want any of it. And and I get text messages. The Nancy Mace campaign. I'm on some list. I get text messages. I'm not even in her district. She's in South Carolina, and I get text messages all the time begging for money for Nancy Mace. Uh, I get text messages all the time begging for money for candidates in Idaho and Texas and Illinois and Tennessee and I mean all over the place. I'm tired of it, and I, I know you are too. And My gosh, this is one of the reasons I just hope Walker blows it out of the water on Election Day so we don't have to suffer through a runoff. Just just go on and hold your nose and vote for him if you got to and get him across the finish line now so we don't have to go into a runoff. (laughs) There's your compelling case. Do you want a runoff? If not, go vote for Herschel Walker today. Um, All right. I got to tell you guys about Americans for Prosperity. There are so many think tanks in Washington, DC that just trade white papers. What AFP does is they actually build a citizen army to advance sound public policy at the local level. They teach you how to be a good citizen advocate. They teach you how to go to school board meetings and ask the right questions. They teach you how to go to your state legislators and ask right questions, how to navigate legislation. They support free markets and free people. They believe in small government. They have not wavered in their convictions. As so much of the conservative movement has been in upheaval for the last few years, this is why I like AFP, because AFP stands strong and has for a very long time for free markets and free people. They haven't wavered in their beliefs. I'm delighted to work with them. They asked me if I wanted to be a fellow at AFP. I said, absolutely. Uh, this organization, I've done business with them for years. I've spoken at so many of their conferences, and now I'm glad to partner with them. If you want to be part of a citizen grassroots army that becomes smarter than your neighbor, knows how to shape public policy, knows how to advance the conservative movement at the public policy level, you need to check out AFP. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash eric, americansforprosperity.org slash eric, E-R-I-C-K. Learn how to get AFP to your area if they're not there, but my guess is they already are. And you can partner with them. Learn how to shape, develop, and advocate for sound conservative public policy. Learn how to show up at local school board and city council and county commission meetings and state legislative meetings and be the activist you've always wanted to be to advance the causes you believe in and do it with great research from the folks at AFP who back up free people and free markets around the country. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Hi there. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Joe Biden has done it again. Listen, um, I am sympathetic to anyone who loses a child. Joe Biden lost his son, Beau Biden, to brain cancer. But uh, to hear it from Joe Biden, Beau Biden lost his life in Iraq. He said that uh, at the Camp Hale Continental Divide National Monument uh, Declaration in Colorado, Uh, Prior to his death, this Washington Examiner, Biden's eldest son, served as a reservist in the Delaware Army National Guard, was awarded a Bronze Star. He died in 2015 following a battle with aggressive brain cancer believed to have been caused by exposure to burn pits while serving overseas. Biden, speaking in Colorado, highlighted the role at Camp Hale uh, that Camp Hale played in training the famed 10th Mountain Division ahead of World War II. American soldiers of the 10th Mountain Division scaled that 1,800-foot cliff at night, caught the Germans by surprise, captured key positions, and broke through the Germans' defensive line at a pivotal point in the war. Just imagine, I mean it sincerely, I say this is the father of a man who won the Bronze Star, the conspicuous service medal, and lost his life in Iraq. Imagine the courage, the daring, and the genuine sacrifice. Um, you know, the New York Times did that whole story about Biden's tendency to be a fabulist. Biden lies, he tells stories that are not true. Now, I got to read you an email that has come through. This is from someone named Billy. And Billy wants you all to know there are tons of videos by different channels showing the proof that Sandy Hook was a staged event. Those videos were removed, but you saw them. You would be concerned too if you saw them. It's not Alex's fault people did crazy cruel things to those actors. We were very surprised. Alex even said Sandy Hook was real. We feel betrayed by Alex. The Sandy Hook false flag was totally busted by all of those videos. Alex showed proof years ago. These are the sorts of people